when you share a message, sometimes it's, uh, I find over the years, it's kind of hard sometimes to give it a title. And uh, sometimes I have a couple of titles, and that's kind of what I have tonight. You know, the, the title that was really in my heart in the beginning was Give Them Jesus. But as I prepared the message, I, I just felt this title, Stamped for Delivery. And uh, how many of you have been reading about the post office and, and they're going to only be able to deliver the mail and not guarantee us an overnight delivery anymore and it's maybe going to take two days after the first of the year. And, you know, we really need to pray for those people because there's a lot of people who are going to be maybe losing their jobs through all of that. And, uh, you know, times change and things happen. And, and a lot of the reason for the mail, they say, is because of the, the Internet and, and the ability to do things on the Internet. But I saw this video. Um, my, my uncle sent it to me, and Pastor John says it's been out a long time. I'm usually way behind when it comes to the Internet, but... I just thought this was uh, just appropriate for this time of year. It's, it's the Christmas story of, of getting the message out that Jesus is coming. And what if it were done by email or uh, Facebook or Twitter and how it might look? So this is just something cute I wanted you to see. Here we go. <laughs> That's a new way to announce the birth, to find Joseph and Mary. You know, we're automated today, but nothing changes the true story. Amen. Times change the way we express it change. But the bottom line is this is the season to rejoice because Jesus came and he came to make things different for us in our lives. And so tonight I want you to turn to Acts chapter three. Um, It's the story of Peter um, after Jesus ascension and after they had received the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit after the power of God had been released into the earth because of what Jesus did at Calvary. And um, as I was away, I went away a few weeks ago, early November, and just took time to really pray and hear God about some things. And uh, in that time that I was gone, God began to speak to me. And, you know, we hear things from the Lord. The Bible says that his sheep will hear his voice. So we all need to be hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying to us on a regular basis. And uh, when we set aside time to hear from God, oftentimes he speaks to us uh, more personally about ourselves than maybe about situations and circumstances. And that's what it was for me. In fact, he said to me, you needed to fast people. (laughs) You know, we had that uh, message from Woody Woodson about fasting. And the Lord said to me, you need to fast people and just come away with me by yourself. And I have never in all my married life, never been away by myself. Uh, usually my sister's with me, which is like having a crowd because she usually draws a crowd. And so, you know, I'm not usually ever alone. And so this was totally alone for five days. And in the midst of that, I I heard this. um, The Lord just really spoke this in my heart. And I understood it, but it was, first it was like, well, I've heard that before, but then it was like he opened up my eyes and he said, I need to be lifted up as you know me so others can receive me as you know me. Such as I have is what Peter gave to that man. And it reminded me of the scripture we're going to read. Me as he knew me. I had forgiven and healed him. He could only give me as he knew me. That's all anyone can give. Give them Jesus. And, uh, you know, that really was the first time that I thought about it's really what's in me that God wants to give to other people. And it's the Jesus that I know. It's the things that I've proven him to be in my life that I'm able to freely give to somebody else. I mean, I can hear a message from somebody else and, and I can talk about that, but what I really can give 
is what's already been developed in me. And as I heard that, times do change, you know, and there's new things that happen, just like this way of, uh, you know, this kind of cute thing we just showed with Facebook. And, you know, I, I, I'm a stalker on Facebook, I guess. Or what is that other word they call me? I forget what they call me, a stalker. Because I don't use Facebook a creeper. I'm a creeper uh, because I don't use Facebook, but I know how to get on Facebook. And so I know how to see what everybody else is doing, but I don't know and don't want to tell everybody what I'm doing. So, but for me, that's probably my age. My husband says to me sometimes, why do people think we care? I said, well, there I am scrolling through and, you know, every now and then I give him a bit of information and he'll go, really? And I think, see, that's why we do it. And so, but we are not adept at it. You know, uh, if you show that video to the youth, they would think that was just really right up. They'd get it. You know, we show it to all of us. It's okay. But, you know, we get things a little differently. And so as you progress in your life and you see new things coming and think some things pass away, you know, behold, all things become new. But God wants to flow through us the way we have proven him in our lives. And so that makes us all flowing at a different way, in a different way, at different levels of where our faith is and, and what we know. But truly, we should all be flowing. He, we, he wants all of us to be involved in what he's doing in the earth. And so as I was looking at this, I went to, first, or to Acts chapter 3 with Peter, and it says in verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried when they laid him daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the gate. It was begging, basically. He, was, he needed money, had no way to get it, and this is the way he received what he needed. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, asked for alms. So what he was seeking from them was money and finances. But it says, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. In other words, you're looking at us. And he then says, so he gave them his attention, expecting something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold, money I, have not, I, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And it says, and he took him by the right hand. Now, there's one thing to say, rise up and walk. It's another thing to actually take somebody. Now, you've got to see this person is crippled, has never walked. Take him by the hand. Everybody say, that's faith. And pull him up. This was a man, Peter, who knew Jesus in a way that when he took that man's hand, he knew he was going to be healed. Isn't that amazing? I want to be that person. I want to... I want to know him like that so that the confidence is that such as I have. Peter was not, you know, he said, in the name of Jesus, but he said, such as I have. Do you understand that? See, everything's in the name of Jesus. We, we have no power to do anything except through the name of Jesus, through the power of what he did at Calvary. However, it's such that I have that causes me to be in a position to give them Jesus and what they need. Does that make sense? And so that's what's, uh, I believe, where we're at in our, 
in our lives today. Um, I fully believe God is about to do what, what we have seen. People have prophesied for, for a long time. But I believe we are sitting on the verge of a huge, huge revival of God being God in the supermarket, in the library. There's not going to be any shh. Be quiet. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be just such an expression of the power of God. And um, I was listening uh, to Brother Copeland. He he was in, I don't know where he was when he gave this, but he was speaking. And then he stopped and began to prophesy about the year 2012. And I just want to read you this very little bit of it. You can get it on um, the Internet. But it says, oh, yes, he's, he's hearing from God. He said, oh, yes, 2012 is a time of miracles. Everybody say miracles. Miracles that seemed as if they would not come, but they're here. There is an atmosphere conducive to miracles that's been growing and growing and will manifest greatly in the first quarter of 2012. I believe that. I mean, a manifestation, but the atmosphere, everybody say the atmosphere, is conducive to what does that mean? It means there's such an expectation of faith in people that God has put that in that it's going to bring forth such as I have, give I you, in the name of Jesus. And it's going to be such a revelation on the inside of those people. He talks a little bit about it uh, in, in the early part of this prophecy. But it's going to be people who have the voice of God coming forth from them that when they speak, it's with such assurance that the miracles are going to begin to explode in the earth. And that's not everybody that has that. Peter was, was a person who walked through a lot of things before he became that. I call, I call the next point I'm going to share with you progress, processing Peter. You know, God had to process Peter. He had to take him through some steps. But the, the steps that he took him through brought him to this place in the book of Acts that he, when he stood in that position and that man asked for money, he knew that money would not help that man. He knew that what he had on the inside of him Jesus was what was going to change that man's life for eternity. He could sit there and beg forever, but if he was well, he could go forth and be everything that God called him to be, and he would have no need for someone else to take care of him. But he would be able to be productive in his own life. And so Peter had a different, uh, he just saw differently. He saw differently. And, and I believe there's a lot of people in the earth today that are Christians, but I believe there's some people, and I believe it's a bigger crowd than we expect. And I believe it's not going to be people that have been saved maybe for 50 years. It's going to be people we don't even expect, but they know what they have. They know what happened to them. So it could be just someone who just got saved. You know, how excited are some people who just got saved? I mean, they don't have a clue what they're going to give you, but such as I have here, take it. You know, they, they, they are a little scary sometimes, you know, because they're so excited. So this isn't about age. It's about what I've experienced, who I know, you know, what I see when I see you and what I know God wants to give you. And so and not me specifically, but you or anyone that's in that position with Christ. And so I went back and looked and it says in John chapter 14, 12 through 14, that this is an expectation that Jesus had for all of us. 
Because it says in John 12, it talks about how Jesus, it says, most assuredly, that's for sure. I say to you, this is Jesus. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. And then he goes on and he says, if you'll just scroll on down to the next verse, he continues to tell us and encourage us to do what he did. Uh, I'll just look in here too. If you, uh, the next verse would be, I can't tell exactly. Okay. Then 12, 13. And whatever you ask in my name that I will, that I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. Why does God do what he does to glorify Jesus to glorify who he is. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What did Peter say? Silver and gold, I do not have. But such as I have in the, in the, in the name of Jesus, I give to you. Now, every one of you has, who knows Jesus, have that capacity within you to give. How many of you know some people who could use Jesus, could use what Jesus has in their life that would make a huge difference in their life? Uh, But it's, I think, more the assurance of us knowing we have it and such as I have than it is them even knowing what they need because it's Christ in us, the hope of glory that will express who Christ is. Think about someone in your life that when you see them and you hear them, you know that they have been with Jesus. Think, just think about if, if the whole church were like that everywhere that we went, and I'm going to show you as we look through this message that I believe God wants us to see the examples that he's put in the word. And so I I went back and I, I looked at Peter and, uh, and and that's why I call it processing Peter. And I just, I'm going to give you a few examples, but in Luke chapter five, you know, that was Simon Peter's the very first disciple that Jesus really uh, encountered. And the boat, you know, remember the story about the boat? And they were fishing, and they hadn't caught anything. And then Jesus asked to borrow his boat, and he gave him the boat. And, uh, you know, I mean, he didn't, he didn't know anything about him at that time. But then it says Jesus sat down and he, in that boat, and he preached to him. And he preached to all of them. But it was Peter who said, well, Master, we haven't, Jesus told him to, to cast and go out and, and catch the fish. And Peter said, Peter was quite, he was quite verbal. You know, he, I think he was sanguine because he always talked. And so it, Peter said, well, you know, we already did that, but we didn't catch anything. But nevertheless, at your, at your what? At your word, we'll do it. And immediately he saw Jesus be who Jesus was. Amen. And so that was his first encounter in Matthew 16. This is one of my favorite scriptures. God has taken me to this one over the years many times. But I just really saw this and I've, I've heard a lot of controversy over is Peter the church or Peter the rock or was a church built on Peter or was built on Jesus. You know, there's a lot of people that interpret things differently. But but here they all are again. And Jesus says to his disciples, it says in verse 13 of Matthew 16. Who do you, who do men say that I am? Uh, that, the, that he's asking them, who do people say I am? That's his first question. And of course they give him, oh, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, other Jeremiah, and, or one of the prophets. And then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? See, and, and those questions are asked today. People will say, well, who, who do you think men think he is? 
But, you know, that has no power. But who do you say that I am? And, of course, Peter, the sanguine person, stands up. Now, I don't believe it's just because he's sanguine. God has called Peter. He has called Peter, really, to take the new church once Jesus leaves and spearhead it into what it's going to be. So Peter was tested in many situations to see what he would do. And he said, he said, well, you are the, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He was the disciple who answered. And then Jesus answered Peter and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, his name meant rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He wasn't going to build it upon Peter, but he was going to use Peter to build his church. And so his name was Rock. Now, the rock of revelation was that Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. It qualified him to be that person. And as soon as he, God knew he heard heaven, he didn't hear men. Who do men say that I am? Well, who do you say that I am? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then he qualified to be the person that God was going to build his church upon. Who do you say that he is? Do you say that he is the Christ, the son of the living God? Then he will build his church upon that revelation on the inside of you. He will build it. You say, well, I wasn't called to start a church. Well, you're not called maybe to start a church, but you are the body of Christ. We are the church and we are called to build the kingdom of God, but it's built not by who we are, but such as I have. I give you. This is when people will break down the doors of a church to get in it because this is where the miraculous happens. This is where that man who could not walk from his birth was pulled up by Peter out of his place. You know, I remember Brother Copeland saying once he was with Brother Roberts and he was his pilot. But Brother Roberts decided on this one day to have him go to the sick room with him when he held these big healing crusades. And so he took Brother Copeland in there and he said, these people were really sick. And he said, I got in there and he said, I usually just followed along with him. And this day he touched me and he said, you pray for the sick. He said, I looked for the door, the exit door. And he said, I was looking for it. And God said to me, if you run, then, then you will never get to see me be who I am. Well, he said, I started to walk, but it was like my feet wouldn't move. So he wouldn't even let me run. He said, and about that time, Brother Roberts came up behind me and touched that woman and said, come out in the name of Jesus. She said, he said she had this big stomach, and all of a sudden, that, that growth left her body. It was gone. She was healed. He said, I thought, wow. Well, that's such as I have. Such as I have. Now, I believe God used Oral Roberts. I believe he, he's used Billy Graham to get millions of people saved. But I'm telling you in this last day, there's going to be such a revival. He wants to use us. But such as I have. Such as I have. This, this doesn't come from attending church on Sunday morning. I mean, that, that, that actually builds you in your faith by hearing the word. But this is not the such as, I, such, such as I have. I'll give it to you. I heard Pastor John preach, and he said, such as this. And you just stand there and watch because it's not going to happen. 
It's not going to happen because you heard it. It's going to hurt. It's going to happen because like Peter, you walk through these things where God made you know for sure he is. That he is and he is going to show up when he says he's going to show up, he shows up. And so I looked on and then in Luke, I thought this was interesting in 22 uh, because I don't know about your life, but I've been through a few tests. Have you ever been through a few? How many of you failed one or two? (laughs) Hallelujah. It says uh, in verse 31, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Say, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, oh, yes. Why? So that you will know that even when you fail, he does not give up on who you are. If you succeed, praise God. But if you fail, he will still pick you up and take you where he has you. How many of you are glad for that? I'm glad for that. He goes on and he says, but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, that's faith. Because he knows he's going to fail. But he says, but when you've returned to me, then go and strengthen your brethren. And that's exactly what happened. We all know Peter failed that test. And he went away and it says he wept bitterly because he failed the test. But it says in Mark, if you look at the book of Mark, chapter 16, when uh, Jesus had died and, and they came looking for him in the tomb, the angel that was in the tomb, it says uh, they saw a man, a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. And uh, this was the women as they came to the tomb. And this person said, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who you crucified, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid them, but go and tell his disciples and Peter. Why did he single out Peter? Because Peter needed to know. Peter needed to know. Because God had been working on Peter from day one. From day one. He was the first one that Jesus encountered. He's asking for his boat. And, and so even though he failed this test, God still wanted him to know. I forgive. And in my Bible, it says the special reference to Peter is an assurance of forgiveness and restoration after his denials. So we know in the book of John, in the very last chapter, what did he do? He came to Peter. Do you love me? He denied him three times, but then he asked him three times, do you love me? Those words love were, uh, are interpreted different, but the bottom line is, will you feed my, will you feed my? Sheep, such as I have, I give to you. You may be here today and say, well, you know, I don't have a lot. Well, you have enough. Whatever revelation you have, somebody needs that. I mean, because God immediately, once he saves you, once you know Christ, he immediately puts you in a position to be such as I have. And, and, And those places are those places where we get to see him. Corey wrote a song, I want to see you great. When you want to see God great, then you have to step into these roles where he gives you these opportunities. And that's what Peter did. And then we see Peter in the book of Acts. Here's a man who had failed the test, but God had said, make sure Peter knows that I forgive. Why did he have to know? Because God's going to call on him. And he's going to call on him after Jesus leaves. And in Acts chapter 1, it says, and in those days, Peter stood up. God gave me a message a long time ago, and I can't preach it tonight, but it was, and Peter stood up. After he had been beaten down, he stood up. Why? Because he knew he forgave. He knew him as the forgiver. And so he stood up. 
And he began to tell the people how it was going to be. In Acts chapter 2, who's the person when everything was happening and the Holy Ghost was falling on people and they were speaking in other tongues and nobody knew what was going on? Who stood up? Peter. It says in Acts chapter 2, but Peter, standing up with the 11, raised his voice. Everybody say, raised his voice. And he said, this is that which the prophet Joel prophesied. And he began to tell them what had happened. And it says people were saved. Immediately people were saved. He was bold. He was bold. He told him, you just killed the Christ. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he did. He mean, took them on. He said, you just killed the Christ. However, if you repent, you can receive. Why did he say that? Because he lived it. Such as I have, I give to you. If you've been saved, you have something to give. You can say to somebody, hey, he saved me, he'll save you. I believe we're in the day where God is just going to stir you up and you're going to be holding on to something to keep from doing it. Oh, God, don't let me. I don't want to. But he is going to pour ass through. How many of you have been with a few people lately that you would like to have said something, but you didn't? See, the, everything in the world is trying to shut up the voice that Jesus is Lord. Everything. But God is going to rise above that. And no fear will be on us. And when people start getting healed and delivered and saved and miracles start happening, people will stop with their resistance because people are hurting. And the devil will be backed up and he'll have no chance. It got so in, in Peter's life that it says, and believers in, ver- in chapter 5, verse 14, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and they laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter, the shadow of Peter, at one point it was handkerchiefs. I'm telling you, the power of God is that real. Is that real? That in this last day, You may walk in a place and four people fall under the power of God. Why? Because people are going to be delivered. They've tried everything. They've tried 12-step program. And it's, it's the best out there right now for a lot of things. But it is not the power of God. It'll help people, but it will not deliver people. And I don't mean that wrong. But it cannot deliver because there's only one deliverer, and his name is Jesus Christ. And that's why we celebrate Christmas, because heaven came down to touch earth through Jesus. And he came for the lost and the dirty and the filthy and those that are not doing what they should do. And crying out, because they can't find anywhere where there's power. Such as I have, I give you. God will show up. But he shows up based on what we believe in our heart. It may, you may be trembling, but you'll know he's there. I mean, he'll shake the stuffing out of you. I've been there. You want me to say that? Oh boy. Oh boy. You know, at this altar, there have been times where he said things and I'm thinking, Oh, Oh, I'll never forget. My husband got, he was praying for a young man here years ago. My mother, how many of you know my mother? She's 88, but you know, she, she was playing the piano. Somehow I was gone. She was playing the piano for Pastor Bill. And he came up to this guy, and he began to pray and bind the devil and cast him out. And that demon said, I'm going to kill you. 
And mother was right there playing the keys. Scared, scared the life out of my mother. I was surprised she kept playing. But, and he just kept looking about, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And mother afterwards said, I don't ever want to play the piano again at the, at the end of the throw. I'll play at the beginning, but I don't want to play at the end when they're doing all that. And, uh, well, you know, I'm telling you, when demons get confronted, that sometimes they talk. That, that young man got set free. He did. He got set free. And, and they called him bipolar and everything else. He was just demonically oppressed. Bipolar is nothing that a person has become two people because there's a lying spirit speaking to him and holding him captivity. And you tell it in the name of Jesus. Get your hands off this person in the name of Jesus. See, that's, that's when we begin to see the kingdom of God manifested in the earth. Now, Jesus came in, in the flesh. It says the word was made flesh. And it says in Colossians, I love this scripture. It's Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. When I first heard that, there was a dessert and it's called pistachio something. I make it all the time. My granddaughter have to make two because she always takes one and steals it so the other people can't eat it. That's Rachel. She loves it so much. So I have to make two. But when I would think of that dessert, it was so rich and so tasty. And I would always think of that when I'd hear, let the word of God dwell in you richly. The word of God has power to change lives. It's living. It functions. I heard Creflo Dollar this morning. I, I, was, I turned on the TV, and I haven't, I haven't seen him on TV, but he's on in the morning time. And he was talking about how when Mary received the word of God, the Holy Spirit came, and the Holy Spirit, the, you know, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit on the inside of her is the word of life, and it produced in her something physical. And that when we use the word of God and we, we send it out there, it actually can manifest something physical in the earth. I thought, that is really good. I'm going to remember that. Because when in this message, God took me to the story of Mary in, in Luke chapter 1. And this is what it says. It says in Luke chapter 1, And the angel answered and said to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. And that's exactly what happened. The Holy Spirit brought forth Jesus in Mary because she said in verse 38, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And such as I have came forth on the inside of her. The life of God. And then she gave birth to that life. Now, I want to show you something. It says in, um, in go on down in there, it says, and then after, after this, it says, now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Now, Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And this is what it says. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you, Mary, among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? I mean, this is like revelation coming to uh, Elizabeth because of Mary's voice. Just her voice. It says, at the greeting of Mary. Just her voice. Now think of this. 
your voice. Gives to people such as I have. Because that's exactly what happened. What she had, the living God on the inside of her through, through the, you know, the, the manifestation of a baby on the inside of her, which was the Son of God, caused her to be instantly filled with the Holy Ghost because she spoke at her greeting. It says it again in the next verse. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. What if... Your voice, when it speaks, causes something on the inside of somebody to leap for joy. Wow. Hallelujah. See, what God was saying to me was, you know me. You know me in ways that I have taught you. Now, I'm telling you, sometimes what you go through to be taught is not like, gee, that was wonderful. Because I remember when I was reading this and when God was speaking this to me, that there was a, a one day an intercessory prayer. A woman was right here, and uh, and and we were just praising the Lord. And I was leading prayer. This was about a year, year and a half ago. And uh, she started crying, and and she began. She was she started praying for me, and uh, she said, "Oh God, help her to walk through what she will have to walk through to do what you're giving her to do." I thought, "Get behind me, Satan! That's not God." Hallelujah, the devil's trying to operate in here in his prayer time. And I, I did, I thought that, I admit it. I thought, that is off right there. I'm not going to have to do that because already I had to do that once before when I first got saved and they took me to this basement and prayed for me to receive the Holy Ghost. And, and I didn't know anything. I had just got saved the day before and they laid hands on me and prayed. And this woman that was there who was an intercessor, I didn't know what that was at that time. An intercessor is someone who really prays and intercedes. And there are people that have that calling on their life. And she began to sob and cry and, and just weep. And I thought, oh, boy, we need to pray for her. I mean, I am okay. She is, she is falling apart right here. And she said, I, I, I've, never, uh, I've never felt this like the pain that you have gone through that God wants to heal you from. And she said, I can feel it on me. The pain that you have gone through. Well, I had gone through a lot. And then pretty soon I'm sobbing like she's, I mean, we're both sobbing. And they're praying over me. But God set me free that day. And I didn't sob anymore about that. That was over. I don't know what happened, but praise Jesus. It wasn't there anymore. How many of you have ever thought, I'd like this to end? Like yesterday. Yeah. And all that hurt was gone. I still don't know how that all happened. But when I saw that, I remember that. And I thought, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing the pain road. I don't want to do the pain. Give me the, you know, not-so-painful road. How many of you have ever been on it? And, uh, but in the last year and a half, I have never walked through what the enemy has tried to do. And in it, though, I become more and more confident that God is going to do something in my life. You know, when you think you can't do it anymore and you turn to Psalm 18, it says, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd personally rather not have to do either one of those. But if there's trouble, I'm going to go over and under. And so, you know, God begins to speak things to you to try to push you through those places, just like Peter had to walk through those places. But those aren't, those aren't barriers to stop you. Those are barriers to overcome. So you can be all God that wants you to be. Mary had to overcome some things. Did you see that, that email she sent 
we need to talk. XOXOXO, I love you, but we need to talk. I am preg- I'm going to be pregnant. This is serious. It, uh, in my message Bible, it says that Joseph was trying to figure out a way to fix it. And then it says, and then he had a dream. Stop trying to figure it out. Get a dream. It changed everything. And the God really showed me, stop trying to figure everything out. Just hear from me. Isn't that good? That, that really helps you in those situations. But all those things we have to walk through. And finally, it says, blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. You know, there was um, this old song that I, I think of it often, and um, it was Evie or Evie or now I'm telling you, this is a long time away ago, 1970. But it, it's, um, let's see, how does it go? He came special delivery wrapped up in love, bound by a promise, sealed by a dove, and filled with the spirit carried by grace. You knew where he was going by the look on his face. And it was about Jesus. And then he said to me, but it's about you. I've sent you special delivery wrapped up in love. Me, you. See, we have been stamped for delivery. And that's what he said in the park today. I stamped you for delivery. And I'm mailing you out. I believe he's mailing the church out. I believe that's prophetic. I'm telling you. I mean, there's not going to be a seat left in the house. And when they come through the door, they might just get delivered from drugs before they even hit the seat. Wouldn't that be great? How many of you know there wouldn't be people coming from north, south, east, and west if they knew there was a way to get out of that? There's not a person when they're not on it that doesn't want to be free. They are crying out. I experienced this. I have relatives that I've walked this out, and I'm telling you, they do not want to be there. They got there because they couldn't handle life. Only one reason. Alcohol, drugs, pornography, all those things are a lack of fulfillment in somebody's life. If you have Jesus and you know him and you begin to receive what he has, you don't have to go there because there's everything in him. And, and that's why he came special delivery. I believe he's ready to deliver the earth. And he's put us in it. See, we, we're already, we already have the voice because he's in us. Just like Mary, at the mention of his name through our voice, something happens. It's just that we don't have the revelation of it because it comes through spending time with him. It's the only way. It's the only way. And the more time you spend with him, the more confident you become that that's who he is. You know, um, Sharon Doherty wrote a song. And uh, years ago, she was the pastor's wife in the church we were in in Tulsa uh, years ago. And she used to write songs as the messages were preached. And she wrote this song, Give Them Jesus. And then it says, He is the one and the only one that can take care of them. And I remember when she sang it, uh, Pastor Billy Joe had preached a word, and, and I thought of the message, love, light, and life. 
uh, it, it's, it says, give them Jesus. Let your light shine bright. Reflect his love. Give him Jesus. He will heal their hurts. Open up their eyes. He'll restore the ones who've been cast aside. Give them Jesus. He'll give them life. There's really nothing that can give people life like Jesus. There's, there's, there's no words that we can say that we can come up with to convince people to get out of a bad lifestyle. How many of you tried? How, how many of you have been in the position where you tried to talk yourself out of bad lifestyle? Uh, did, did you get the victory over yourself? Self can't get victory over self. Such as I have, I give you. I believe when that becomes the voice of the church, such as I have, I give it to you. Then, God. But we've got to be brave enough to jerk them up. <laughs> Not just say it, but do it. We've got to be able to do it. Would you stand with me We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.